So our platform marries property managers with virtual assistants. That's what it does. And so on the virtual assistant side, we are advertising to virtual assistants. Do they want to get into the property management industry? No experience required. Or if you have experience in it, great. Join us and create a profile. So that's how we attract people. And we advertise in multiple countries. Welcome to the Property Management Brainstorm Show with Bob Preston. Bob is the CEO, owner, and broker of North County Property Group, the fastest growing and top-ranked property management company in San Diego County, California. This podcast is for property managers and real estate investors who want to stay on top of leading trends in managing their property assets. You'll hear from leading professionals on the best practices for growing your property management business, successfully renting your properties, and how to make sure your properties are managed correctly. Now, here is your host, Bob Preston. Hello, brainstormers, and welcome to another episode of the Property Management Brainstorm. This is Bob Preston, your host, as usual, broadcasting from our studio at North County Property Group in Del Mar, California. If you're new here, please subscribe so you get ongoing access to all of our episodes. And if you like what you hear, we would sure appreciate it if you would leave a positive review. I'm not sure about you and your property management business, but recruiting and maintaining staff members who fit within our company culture is probably one of my biggest challenges that I have as an owner of a property management business. We've tried so many different approaches from seeking referrals to advertising on Indeed, LinkedIn, even Craigslist. And the fact of the matter is most of us in the post-pandemic world are running hybrid, if not fully remote. So in today's day and age, maybe there's no reason to be tied necessarily by geographic boundaries. Today, we are going to speak with Pete Newbig to talk about finding and retaining talent for your property management company. Pete is a former owner of a property management company and an active participant in the NARPM organization, formerly one of our NARPM regional vice presidents. And more recently, he has founded a company called VPM Solutions, which is an online placement, payment, and training platform dedicated exclusively to the property management industry. Pete and I are going to have a lively discussion today about how employers can connect with virtual assistants and how his company aims to provide best-in-class talent from every corner of the globe. He's also a podcast host himself doing honors in hosting NARPM radio episodes, so we'll ask about that a bit as well. Pete, thanks for being here today and welcome to the show. Bob, thanks so much for having me. I've been excited about this because you and I know each other pretty well. We are both audiophiles and podcast hosts and stuff like that. And we've connected every now and then. In fact, I was on your podcast, NARPM Radio, just uh, earlier this week. But I always like to start our show by having our guests introduce themselves. And if you could tell us a bit about yourself, company, and kick us off with that, that'd be great. You got it. So my name is Pete Newbig. And I'm originally from New York City, but I live in the great state of Texas now. So you and I share a common story. I was an IT guy. Yeah. So I was a urine technology and I was an IT guy for 25 years. And wow. uh, I left IT and I started my own property management company. But uh, I didn't really know that there was a property. I didn't know about NARPM and I didn't know that there was actually an industry. My business partner and I started buying a bunch of houses. We needed somebody to, uh, we needed to manage them. We didn't know that there was an industry that did this. So we kind of managed them. Next thing you know, people, asked us to manage their properties. And that's how we got into the business. I started Empire Industries Property Management in 2012, sold it in 2019 to Mind Management. I was the Eastern Vice President of Operations 
which sounds like a really nice title, but really I was like a, you know, I was a glorified senior property manager for mine for about 18 months. I left them in June of last year to start VPM Solutions, which it's not a property management company, but it services the property management industry. So we connect property management industry with virtual team members uh, across the globe. And I was a regional vice president at NARPM and I'm the NARPM radio podcast host. And how did you make that transition, that jump from IT and technology into property management? What inspired that change? So that's a great question. So in the year 2000, 2001, I was like having like, it was almost, I was 30 years old, but I was having like this midlife crisis. I knew I wanted to (laughs) own something. I knew I did not want to be an employee anymore, but I, I didn't know what to do. So in 2001, I started buying real estate. And I bought enough real estate from 2001 to about 2007, I guess, where it just became more and more like I needed to manage it, right? So I bought, you know, I had, I think, 31 properties at the time. I had a couple of apartment complexes. And I was told that if I bought all these properties and had these apartment complexes, that I would be able to retire. And the actual opposite happened, right? I need to work more because I needed my W-2 income to basically pay for the taxes and insurance at the end of the year, which... That's yeah. talking about talking about like not buying the right properties, not managing correctly, and uh, finally, um, I had enough properties. Had you know started started third party managing, even though I didn't know what it was. I wasn't a realtor, so I was doing it illegally. Did had no idea, and um, it just the the management side of things and owning the real estate started taking more and more of my time. And I finally said, if I don't jump into this, it's it'll be a part time business. It'll never make money. It'll be a hobby. And that's when I, I sat down with my wife. We had, you know, a candid conversation, told her I probably wouldn't make any money for about a year. I was probably correct about that. Actually, I slung real estate for a year and, and I made some decent money the first year. And then uh, and then I just focused on property management. But that was it. That was the reason. I, I had a great job. I just didn't want to, I, I was just unhappy. And I, and I had no reason to be unhappy because I had a great job. That's also very similar to my path. You know, I kind of backed into it that way too and couldn't find anybody I liked. I told you that story the other day and then ended up kind of brick by brick building North County Property Group. Well, listen, let's start today focusing back on VPM solutions and start at the very high level today. So, you know, we're all hearing about small businesses and our difficult time and filling positions It's all over the news, the big quit, whatever you want to call it. From your perspective, what the heck is going on, right, in our country, our economy that makes it so hard to find good people to fill positions that so many companies have opened? Yeah, I think that's a that's a great question, Bob. And I don't know if I have the right answer, but I have a couple of ideas that I think is trending. So especially in our industry, right? And I know, I know this happened across all industries because I've talked to other people that are having a hard time. My, my wife works in HR for a big oil company and they too are having trouble filling jobs. By the way, they're giving everybody raises. They're like, everything's happening. Like we, as far as like, we have to get more, more perks, more money. Yeah, signing bonuses, all this crazy stuff going on, and, right? And so I think the big challenge is with, with lower pay type of work, people are getting that PPP, and people are like, do I really want to work for $30,000 a year doing something I don't like anymore? Or should I just semi-retire? Or should I just go find something else? Or should I you know, get more government money? I think that's part of it. I don't know if that's the, it's the end all be all. I will tell you what's happening in our industry as property managers. Look, we have a lot of low level tasks that need to get done. And those low level tasks, don't, they don't command a big dollar amount. Right. Mm-hmm. But however, to find somebody to work for, you know, depending on where you are in the country, 30, 35 or $40,000 a year, you're, you're having a hard time filling that position 
because one, the people who are super qualified and are good, good people are, are, are commanding more money. And the yeah. people who are not qualified, um, they typically have out external problems that bring into your company, right? Um, they can't afford, the, they can't pay the rent or, you know, they, they don't, they're just not appreciative of the work, right? So you, you, so they were in there one week, they work for you and then they come out and they say they want to raise. So I don't know why there's a big quit, but I know why we're having a harder time to fill the positions that, you know, we used to fill pretty easily. Yeah. And, you know, property management, to your point, is no exception, right? We hired a couple of people recently and I can tell you that, you know, in a couple of cases, it didn't really work out. And it felt like the tail was trying to wag the dog constantly, got super annoying. And, and there was a sort of attitude like, you need me more than I need you. I'm going to stick it to the man the best I can. And that just did not fly in our company culture. And if you let that, that poison into your company, you don't yes. do anything about it, right? It's like, I, I talk about like, it's a vat of water. And it's a good, clean water. And I sip from the water. But then I get this little poison in there. Hey, Bob, it's just a little bit of poison. Drink this water. And the poison, it, it contaminates the whole barrel, not just a piece. You know, the saying of the one bad apple spoils the bunch. It's so true. I actually early on had a terrible employee that I did not get rid of. And my really good employee left. Yeah. And that's what happens. The good people leave if you don't do anything about it. So right there, t- tidbit number one in this podcast is if you have a a bad team member, um, you need to get rid of them before your good team members leave. Yeah, no, and I can attest to that. And then when we finally made some changes, it was like this veil got lifted from the company daily interactions. You could just feel the entire level of company spirit lift up. It was a blow my mind moment because as the owner of the business, I was sort of letting this happen and didn't quite realize the extent to which it was affecting other and, people. And you're letting it happen because you're scared, right? Oh, I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to have to do the job or other people have to do the work and the work's not going to a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Or it was in, in this case, it was the timing of the year it was in the holidays. Well, we can't do it now. Right. That was kind of part of it too. Say, you know, the reason why I started VPM solutions, Bob, was I had a lady named Sharon and Sharon was this angry person and she was my front office coordinator, right? My front desk. So right there tells you what my hiring process was back then. Right. It was terrible. <laughs> right. She's the wrong person and in the wrong seat. Right. Yeah. And so I'm like, man, Sharon's like this angry lady. When I, why don't I move her to a maintenance coordinator? I think that's perfect, right? Like angry people, you know, like they, they, they love like, you know, maintenance is going to be good. She'll be tough on the owners, tough on the residents. So she became maintenance coordinator. And within two weeks, now I give her a raise. Within two weeks, she told me that she needed another raise, that it was too hard to work. And I, I'm sitting there like, and I, I only gave her, like she was working for me at the time. I, I was a property manager at the time. Again, that's another long story. So she probably needed like, you know, some extra pay just to be able to deal with me, but the role did not require more pay. And, uh, and so (laughs) I literally told her that day, like, I'm sorry, but you just job got just, your job got outsourced. I hired three people, three virtual assistants for the price of one Sharon. And this was a lady who was just not appreciative of, of the opportunities she was given. And I said, you know what, I'm just done dealing with, with people who, don't have the education, don't have the drive and don't have the appreciation. And that's when I started moving uh, my team over to, to more virtually um, outside the borders than, um, than hiring people in, in, in country. Boy, that is also really, really good advice. Yeah. I found 
it's also true that number one, I don't move a person who's performing poorly into another position. I just don't do that because this is going to probably happen again. And I don't like to throw money at problems either. The unhappy employee who's shown over the period of time they're unhappy. And then they say it's because of the money they're making also rarely fixes the problem because you're dealing with an unhappy person. I will say, I will say though, sometimes there was a time when I hired, I hired somebody, I put them in the wrong seat. They were not doing a good job, but I moved them into their right seat and then they blossomed. So if you have a really good understanding of personality profiles and what the job role requires, I think you can actually move somebody who now they're not, they're not, you know, they're not a bad, they're not the right, they're the, they're the right um, core value type person. They're right on the bus. They're just not on the right seat. And so in that respect, I think you can save people, but if they're just not the right person, doesn't matter where you put them in your organization, they're poisoned. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, if it's a positive person, someone who fits into your culture, they're just not in the right seat. That's a different situation. So you've made reference that your platform is primarily focused and specific to the property management industry, and it helps attract high quality property management professionals. What does that mean? And tell us how it works, right? Can you walk us through the process that your platform provides and how people might use it? Sure thing, man. On the virtual assistant side, we, um, so our platform marries property managers with virtual assistants. That's what it does. And so on the virtual assistant side, we are advertising to virtual assistants to, to do they want to get into the property management industry, um, no experience required, or if you have experience in it, great, join, join us and create a profile. So that's how we attract people. And we advertise in multiple countries, mainly uh, Philippines, Mexico are the two big ones that we have most of our people on, but we have people in the United States, Peru, not Peru, sorry, uh, United States. Pakistan and uh, and all the Central American countries. So we're in a lot of different countries. Wow. On the on the employer side, and, and I'm sorry. And when the virtual assistant creates a profile, they're asked specific questions. Some of them geared towards property management, and that's important because on the employer side, you when you when you post a job. So when you when you first you log on, you create a um a re, you cre, you create a profile on our system. And that takes about two minutes. We ask you like three questions. Then you can search the full database of virtual assistants. And there's right now, as of today, there's about 5,400 people on the site. Wow. From there, you can, you can create like a, a search on the master database just to see if what you're looking to hire exists in our database. From there, you post a job and it's about six steps to post a job. And we ask you a series of questions. And those questions are geared to match with the right people that are on the, with the right virtual assistants that have posted a profile. And then what we have is we have an algorithm that we call talent match. So as soon as you post a job, you have a list of, of people that match your job. And then from there, you can either invite them to the job or you can sit back and have applications come in. And so you can post a job literally on today at four o'clock, you know, and potentially get applications within, within 30, 60 minutes, 90 minutes. The term virtual assistant, or we often call them VAs, right? Is often used to describe this type of person you're talking about to help companies. What is a virtual assistant? Maybe you can help us define that. And what are the positions within property management companies, which employers like North County Property Group, my company should consider for a VA to fill? So for the jobs to fill, I'll tell you this, go to vpmsolutions.com and then um, what can a VA do? And we have a whole list. I have 40 plus job descriptions that I created from Empire and from Mind on what a virtual assistant can do. They can do anything from mate. So think about it this, anything that does not require a license or does not require you to be physically at the property, a virtual assistant can do. Anywhere from bookkeeping to inside sales rep, 
to marketing assistant, to maintenance coordinator, lease renewal specialist, um, onboarding specialist, utility specialist, any of those, any of those things, and then more, right? Re- resident services team member, owner services team member. Uh, so they can do almost anything in your business. Now, what we did at Empire is we had our virtual assistants be the taskers, which allow, which freed up our, our property manager's time. My property managers were the ones that were paid the most in the organization. So I want them to work from the neck up. I don't need them working all day and then going home and, and doing 27 or 35 tasks that are not very challenging, right? They're, they have to be done. If they're not done, it causes big problems for our, for our you know, for our organization, but why, why can't we get other people to do the tasks? And then a property manager, because they don't have to do all the tasks, they can be proactive. They can build relationships. They can look for, um, for properties for our, our, our clients. They can ask for referrals because now they can get on the phone. And if somebody calls right in the past, somebody would call our property manager and they're literally trying to do tasks as they're talking to the owner, because they have so much work to do. Well, now with the taskers, doing all the work, the property manager can give that person their time. And that's relationship building. And now if you mess up, that person doesn't leave you. Whereas if you build, don't build a relationship, they leave you right away. And so our goal was the VAs can do all the work that is task-based. Property managers do the think work and look for trends or, or challenges, potential challenges popping up. Yeah. And I suppose it's up to the property managers to go do the move-ins and stuff like that, which actually requires you to get up, your butt up out of the seat and go to a property for whatever reason that might be as well. Right. I mean, that can't be done by a virtual assistant. No, it can't, but it doesn't have to be done by your manager either. So my managers never left the desk. So um, we had property associates or field techs and they used, you know, um, I think Z inspector was one of them. Like yeah. we have software that we used yeah. and uh, our, the property manager, the ones that reviewed the inspection reports yeah. and they're the ones. That, so the move out piece was that was probably the biggest the biggest tasking that our property managers did. But they didn't leave. When when the property manager leaves the desk, that windshield time killed us. Uh, Houston is much like L.A. Like it's really spread out. You could be in the car for three hours in Houston just going to one or two properties. Yeah, San Diego is like that as well. So you mentioned earlier that three virtual assistants replaced your one kind of cranky uh, employee. So from a budget perspective, I've got to assume this is attractive. So what's the difference from a budgetary standpoint versus hiring a full-time staff member? What we found was now, depending on where you hire from, we found it could be two and a half to three people per one person in the United States. Wow. So I can hire three people, let's say in the Philippines, from one person in the US. Mexico is more like two and a half to one. And so think about that, right? I get rid of Sharon, who's doing a terrible job for me. I replace her with three people who are doing a great job. How many more tasks can I get done with three people versus one? How much? How many more properties can I handle if I have these people, you know, handling those tasks versus one? So what we found was, um, so at Empire we were very we were growth oriented, and so we were always growing, which which caused a lot of stress, right? And it caused a lot of tasks. And what we found was uh, no matter how much we grew, our, our revenue would grow, but then I had to hire more and more people. And yeah. so my expenses grew just with my revenue. So you have this like this line that just never, it never separates. There's never a gap. And sometimes we actually had to hire people um, because we had some growth that we, were, that we were counting on that we would hire them. We'd actually go into the red and then bring in more properties to go into the black. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't live that way anymore. Yeah. So 
<clears throat> so that's when we decided, okay, we need, we need more people, but we need lower cost, better people. And all of a sudden that gap started creating. I've been there before where you can start to, as a property owner, or maybe the director of the property management group, whatever, you can start to sense that people are getting stressed, like you said, based on the growth or the addition of properties. And you can just sense that, hey, I need to add somebody, right? So then the decision becomes, oh, who do I add? What do I add? Or how do I, yeah. how do I differentiate between these different responsibilities, right? You know, it's, it, I talked to a lot of property managers, and especially when you're smaller and you're running like that portfolio-based, uh, you know, kind of uh, organization, you actually have to stress your team to be profitable. And that's no way to go through life because yeah. people can't live. They can't, I, I, look, I can't work 60 hours a week every week. If I work 60 hours a week, once, a, once every quarter or once every month, I can live with that. But when I got to work all these hours and I'm stressed all the time, you're going to burn people out and you're going to lose good people. Yeah. No question about you it. Know, and then of course, so you hire somebody to reduce the stress and now you're, now you're stressed because you're not making any money. So it's really, it's a really tough situation. <laughs> Um, if you can't figure out the right structure and uh, hiring the right people. And of course, automation helps with that as well. Yeah. And then if you hire the wrong person, you're, you spend all this time training the person and then you go through this period of, wow, is this person going to work out? Then if you let them go, you've wasted all this time versus maybe hiring somebody who's already got the aptitude like you're talking about for the property management industry and has been previously vetted by you guys, you know, makes a lot of sense. So um, we don't just to, just to be clear about, we don't vet them. So anybody okay. who's on there can be on there. Uh, we are rolling out training modules that we're going to call certification program. And these, this will roll out in April uh, of 2022. I love it. it. The first 12 uh, series are their numerous hours and it's the life cycle of property management. And at the end of each training module, there's tests. So at a minimum, you can require when you post a job, them to have a certification. And that's kind of your, okay, now I know that they have this certification. So at least I know they know the basics and they were able to test out. So they have the aptitude. So we're going to solve that challenge, but it's not going to be till uh, April. I love it. That's awesome. Hey, I have my company in the state of California and we're regulated up the yin yang. You know, I mean, it's, it's well known, not only in landlord tenant laws, but also our employment laws. And so, you know, what about tax obligations, company benefits like overtime, health insurance, sick days? I'm assuming these people are hired as contractors. And so are they coming into this expecting that they are given those kind of benefits or what's the, what's the program? <clears throat> that seems to be the trend, Bob. So more and more mm -hmm. of them are looking for other perks. So the way around it, it's kind of a gray area because if it looks like a duck, talks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's usually a duck. Yeah. Right. So if I hire somebody and they're going to be full-time and I give them like, a, and I give them like, you know, a, um, an offer letter or something like that. Um, then if I get audited, they can say, well, that person is working for either an employee of your know, employee taxes. Right. Um, but they're not in the States. And so how does that work? So right now the, the, I can tell you this, like no one's really figured this out yet. I, I've talked, I've, I've been following some of the bigger companies that are in this industry that I'm in. And, um, no one's like, no one has it really figured out. No one knows. I've talked to employment lawyers. No one has really, this is kind of new. We're in a wild west right now with, with this kind of uh, solution. But what I say, uh, what I tell my clients is don't give them an offer letter. Let's give them a, let's give them a contract. And the contract can be written any way you want to. So I'm going to contract with you and I want to give you, you know, five days off for free or five days to, to pay you. I'm going to give you those five holidays. I'm going to give you, you know, so you can, you can get around with, with like an, with a, with a contract for the contractor. 
And that's how, that's how most people do it. Now on the tax side of things, if you're paying through VPM, then VPM is the one who's sending you the invoices. So you're literally paying a, a LLC inside the States. When the virtual assistant creates their profile and they, and they apply for a job, they fill out the right, the correct paperwork that's needed in the U.S., and on their on their side of things, and they are they are literally guaranteeing that they are responsible for their own taxes. So there's no tax obligation. Even if you hire somebody in the United States through our platform, we will handle the 1099 for you. Gotcha. Okay. So your platform is such that the company that's hiring the staff member pays you guys, and that payments flow through you. They and- flow through us. They don't pay to us. They pay on them directly, but they're flowing through our. The, I our see payment system. I gotcha. Okay. So here in California, we have the employment development department, right? And they're always coming around, sniffing around, looking for what they want to determine as employment status. And what you're saying is that's still a little bit up in the air, right? Defining that. We went through this uh, in the last election cycle in some ballot measures in California that were defining the role of, you know, Uber and uh, Uber drivers and dash door drivers. And one of the examples of the acid test questions is, well, do you instruct or supervise a person while working? Or is the work being performed part of your regular business? Well, those are kind of both yeses in this case. So I guess the jury's still out, how those might be perceived. It's very still out because even Upwork, who's the 800 pound gorilla in this space. So they're the 800 pound gorilla as far as like connecting people to get paid through their processing system, right? And they, they connect all sorts of industries um, with virtual assistants and um, they're still doing it, right? And so they're, they haven't really done anything yet. Now it is changing and we're keeping an eye on it. I got my attorneys keeping an eye on it, but right now there, there there's no guidance from, from, you know, from any, anybody that I've talked to that says, okay, have them work 40 hours a week for you that they're considering an, an, an employee because they're outside the U S I guess in today's day and age, right. Post pandemic, so many of us are either working hybrid or completely going remotely. A lot of property management companies don't even have offices anymore. Does that make it a little bit more seamless for companies like mine or your previous ones to bring on VAs? We're all working you know, remotely, so it's becoming more acceptable. Totally makes sense. Hey, so your approach seems a little bit different than some of the other VA companies I've seen out there. Do you agree with that? I mean, yours seems to be positioned a little bit different. Yeah, we're completely different. Okay. So tell us about that and how are you different in your approach? Sure. Well, first of all, I like to say that all those companies that service the industry are great companies. Um, I've actually used a couple of them in the past. So, mm-hmm. um, but the, I call them traditional placement service companies with a traditional placement service company, you lose a, you lose a little bit of, of time because what happens is they take your job description and say, this is what you want. And then they go and they'll go vet some people and they'll find some people and it takes them a couple of weeks. And then they say, here's three people that you should interview. So you lose a little bit of time and you lose a little bit of control. With our, with our system, you can pr- pr- post a job and within minutes, you can invite people to your job or you can, you'll receive any applications within minutes or hours. Um, secondly, with our platform, there is no cost to the employer. So with traditional placement service companies, they're going to charge you an upfront fee right? A, a, a finder's fee, if you will. And that can be anywhere from 500 to $2,500. And yep. so with our, with our platform, not only is it free, um, but we actually offer a free white glove service, we call it, where you can schedule a meeting with us and we will meet with you each week or as many, as long, however many times you want until you hire somebody. And then we'll meet with you once they're hired. And then 30 days after we meet with you again. So we actually have a handholding piece to our company that's, that's free. Uh, and then uh, of course you, you know, so you have the control, you have the money, and then you have the, um, 
<clears throat> you have the kind of the freedom to, to, to run your business however you want. Like you can, you can interview as many people as you want. You can not interview as many people as you want. So there's a, there's a lot of differences there. Um, and then once we get the training platform, we'll have the certification piece, uh, which like I said, is coming out in about 30 days or so, actually 60 days. Sure. So if I'm property management company, say North County property group wants to look for a VA, I can more or less sign up on your website on the VPM solutions website. I can post a job and then immediately start searching. And that job also might attract other people who are VAs throughout the world in applying to me. Right. All right. Then if I want to speak to that person or if I want to interview that person by zoom, whatever, is that all done through the platform or is that done off to the side? How does that work? Yeah. Unfortunately, not yet. Uh, So what happens is once you, once you invite somebody to a job, now you can message them. Or once somebody applies to your job, you can message them. So you okay. message them through our platform. Typically what will happen is like you message them, you know, and you say, Hey, I want to interview you, you know, and then send them your zoom link is kind of, and they have to go off platform. So it's a little clunky, the hiring process. Uh, we're in, we have, you know, we're going to be building that in, you know, probably Q3, Q4 of this year, or maybe 2023. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, Let's say they like you, you guys like each other, you negotiate a price. And um, so that's the other thing too. So um, that I missed, right? So we're a, we're a free market platform, meaning I post a job and I say, Hey, I want to pay anywhere from $2 to $8. Somebody and a virtual assistant, when they put, when they post their um, profile, they're saying, I want $6 or $8, whatever they're putting in what their desired hourly rate is. So when you, when you're going through the hiring process, you negotiate and you say, Hey, you know, this is uh this this is going to pay around you know more like six dollars. They can they can accept it or not. Now the nice thing is, you're 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 negotiating with them, so they're getting not just a fair market rate, but they're getting what they want in most cases. Now when you use a traditional placement service company, that person is hired by the traditional placement service company for a lot cheaper, and then they and then they increase their price, and then they right. take the spread. Now, what happens is because they're getting paid so low, let's say they're getting three bucks an hour. And if somebody says, I'll give you 50 cents more, well, that's a huge percentage of that $3 an hour. So they jump ship. But if they're getting $6 an hour, the chance of somebody giving them $7 an hour, $8 an hour, because they're getting more than fair market rate in their their area. So the chance of them leaving because of a 50 cent raise or, or, or any raise actually is a lot less. Gotcha. So for North County Property Group, then if we were to come on your website, open up a job, start looking, what is it costing us to go through that process besides the cost of hiring that person and paying that particular VA? There's no platform cost. So I want to be clear. There's no platform cost. Mm -hmm. The only cost to you is we use a payment service company and that payment service company has a payment processing cost that is passed on to the property manager. If you're using ACH to pay your VA, it's 1%. So see. if I have a VA that I'm paying $400 a week, I pay $404. It costs me $4. Okay. And if I'm using a credit card, it costs 3%. Um, so, so, but you get the miles at least. Yeah. So, okay. Different approach for sure. Then instead of paying this unknown markup that you don't really understand when you're a, an employer hiring a VA, you guys just are upfront about it, pay your VA what you want. And then when you pay through our system, take a percentage. Right. So that 1%, 3%, that's not mine. Just to be clear, that that goes directly to the processing company. Okay. The way VPM okay. makes money is we take 10% on the VA side. I see. So okay. my example, I pay Leon $400. It cost me $404, but Leon gets $360. I see. Okay. And that's how, that's how we make our money. 
I see. Okay. All right. Well, really, really interesting. You've given this a lot of thought. I can't wait for this to further mature and develop. And I tell you, I'm going to come to you if I need somebody because I like what you're doing and, and I like you and I think it's a great platform that makes a lot of sense. I appreciate it, Bob. Yeah. So I've got to ask you about your side hustle, right? Because you're also a podcast host and <laughs> you're doing the honors for the NARPM organization for NARPM Radio. Hey, are you having fun with that? And how has that been going for so you? So first, I want to say thank you to you, Bob, <laughs> because without you, I don't even know how I would get this thing off the ground. I mean, you were instrumental in making, you know, just just kind of teaching me all about the equipment I needed how I should do it, you know, uh, the, the the sound quality and all that stuff. So thank you so much. Um, I, I'm having a blast with it. I really am. Um, we had some really, you know, I've had some really good people on there. And my next guest is going to be my old boss, Doug Bryan, who's the CEO of, of Mind. I just had you on. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Gail Phillips, who is the, you know, the CEO of NARPM. She's been on. Liz Clayman will be coming out soon. She's the president of NARPM. So I've gotten, uh, you know, I've gotten some RVPs like you. I've gotten, uh, gotten a president, Liz, uh, and uh, I've had a past president on, Eric Weatherington. I've had a couple of vendors. I mean, it's been, it's been super fun just to, you know, it's funny. I've known some of these people for a long time, but when I interview them, I learn something about them. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that, Liz. I've known you for, you know, five years and I didn't know, you know, that, you know. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. But I think more important, it's been... Uh, you know, like, like we try, we try to give good content so that people can learn uh, about business or about property management in general or about the industry as a whole. So I think we, I think we're doing good. I think we're giving some good content as well. That is so cool. You know, it's hard to keep up with, Uh, you know, you, you'll probably find this. Like, I remember when I started my podcast, you know, I had all these great ideas, probably had, you know, 20, 30 great ideas of people to talk to. And then after 20 or 30 weeks, it's kind of like, Oh boy, now where am I going from here? You know? So it's kind of funny, but I'm glad you're having fun with it. And uh, God, you sound great. Uh, Coming from high tech, you got to be kind of an audiophile too, I would guess, you know? So that's kind of fun. My tech is so old. I I did old (laughs) stuff like that. My, that tech is no longer around that I used to be in. You know, I was a COBOL programmer, Bob. Wow. (laughs) That's all. For you youngsters out there, you Google it. (laughs) Yeah. I remember in graduate school doing the little, uh, for one of my professors doing those little punch cards, you know, that used to be into the, I remember those. That was, I mean, that was really long. I came right after punch cards. They were doing the case when I came in. I always ask my guests to tell a defining story about themselves, you know, maybe something that shaped your lives, either personal or profession. You got something for us today that could change? I have a few things, but I think I'm going to, I want to go with, um, with when I start, when I decided to do my first triathlon, my first Ironman triathlon. So many people in, in our industry, they don't, that know me, they don't know that I was a three-time Ironman finisher. And the Ironman wow. is a 2.4 mile swim of 112 mile bike and a 26.2 or a marathon run. And in my twenties, I was always, I was doing sprint triathlons and I would watch the Ironman, uh, the Ironman triathlon, the Kona, the world championships on NBC. And they would just, it would be so much drama and they have these backgrounds and I would be crying when I watched this and I got into it and I started doing a lot of training but I never thought I can do an Ironman. Like it just wasn't part of my mindset. And one day my wife's friend of all people sends me this YouTube link and it's of Dick and Rick Hoyt. And um, if you don't know Dick and Rick Hoyt, I would recommend that you Google them. It's uh, H-O-Y-T. And Rick Hoyt was, was literally born 
with um he can't you know he can see but he can't communicate um he he's gonna have you know he's just he has to communicate by looking at a computer he, you know it's 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 really sad but he was you know almost like almost like a deaf dumb and blank and one day rick uh you know he looks at his dad and he basically mentioned to him that he, like he, they were watching a running thing on tv and dick hoyt was a smoker he was a drinker he never trained but he started taking his son out on runs and they started doing marathons and they did the Ironman triathlon. And this guy puts his son in a dinghy, swims with him. Then he puts his son, now his son's a 130 pound man at this point, puts him on the, carries him because the kid can't walk, carries him, puts him on his front of his bike, rides 112 miles and then pushes this guy, 130 pound man in a stroller. I've seen that. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable story. So when I watched this, I just said, wait a second. These, this guy can do it. And I'm scared to do an Ironman triathlon. And, uh, and I signed up, I thought I could sign up for one, like right then and there, I signed up for one. And, and of course, you know, um, they're all sold out for like years for like a year. And my, and I did, I signed up for the Brazil Ironman triathlon in 2007. And, uh, that was my first triathlon. And I think by doing an Ironman triathlon, your mindset changes about things that you can do. And I believe that was the foundation, believe it or not, on me leaving my cush job to start a property management company and, you know, me starting VPM solutions. And I just, you know, I'll say this. When I first started training, I just, my mindset was, um, I'm, how can I complete this? And then I started hanging out with guys who've done five Ironman triathlons, 10, 15, 20. And I started training with them. Then my mindset became, how quickly can I finish it in? So it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a difference, but the people you hang out with and that have accomplished things that you want to accomplish in life uh, is, is paramount. So if you're listening to this and you have a hundred units and you want to get to 250 units, find the people who've been there and they will create the blueprint. And all of a sudden, when you start hanging out with those guys, it's not like, can I ever get to 250 units? It's, how quickly will I get to 250 units? And that's a different mindset. So that's my story today. It's a great story. Story about pushing boundaries and pushing yourself to achieve things you didn't know you could do. And I just love it. It was a great story and directly applicable to all different life experiences too. Professional, personal, you know, whatever, whatever you want to apply it to. So that's great. How many triathlons in general? Forget the Ironman one for a minute. How many triathlons have you Too done? many to count. I can tell you this. I've done about 19 marathons. Wow. Are you still, are you still active in it? Yes. Uh, I'm not an, not an Ironman triathlon. I kind of hung up my triathlon days, um, but I'm actually training for a marathon as we're, as we're recording this. Wow. Fantastic, Pete. Hey, this has been a great conversation. I love the information exchange today. And thanks so much for coming on the show. I'd love to continue, but kind of got to wrap up because we're <laughs> up against our deadline here and we need to wrap, but do you have any last words for our listeners? And also- if someone wants to get a hold of you and learn more about VPM Solutions, what's the best way to do? Best that? way is um, email me, Pete at vpmsolutions.com, or just go to our website, vpmsolutions.com. We have lots of great content. You can download stuff there. And I would just tell people, like, if you're not growing your business and you're not looking to reduce your expenses, um, you're, you're going to be a dead business. So grow and reduce your expenses. And the best two ways I know to reduce expenses is, you know, hire v virtual team members and reduce your office space. This is a great time to do it. So 
Hey, thanks, Pete. That was a great episode today. Super enlightening. Thanks so much for coming on the show. As we wrap up today, I'd like to make another quick plug to our listeners to click on the subscribe button and please give us a like. You too, Pete. You got to give us a like, right? Pay it, pay it forward with a positive review. Help encourage more great guests like Pete to come on our show. And that concludes today's episode of the Property Management Brainstorm. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, we'll be in the field maximizing our property owners and landlords' rent values and maintaining top tenant relations. We will catch you next time. Thank you.